Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. I won't keep you standing long. The book of 1 Samuel, chapter number 30, verse number 1, if you've got it, say amen. The Bible says, And it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag and smitten Ziklag and burned it with fire. And had taken the women captives that were therein. They slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. So David and his men came to the city, and behold, it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captives. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. I want to talk to you for a little while this morning on this subject, from victim to victor. From victim to Victor, Could you lift your hands and your voice to the Lord with me now and ask for God's help this morning. Father, mighty God in Christ, we need you in this hour. God, pour out your anointing in this house this morning. Minister to the minds and the lives of your people. God, I pray this morning you would help me to say something that would help somebody. Lord, that we not just leave saying we attended church, but that we can leave with our lives having been impacted and changed by the anointing of the power and the Word of God. We'll give you forever the praise and the glory and the honor. In the name of Jesus, I pray. And everybody shout amen. Amen. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. That is a courtesy, not a command. From victim to victor. I want to know this morning... Does anybody in this house ever feel like you have been a victim? Does anybody feel as though your moments in life of feeling victimized seem to outweigh your victories? It sometimes feels that way. We find in the closing verses of 1 Samuel that David has left the house of Saul, and has joined himself to the company of Achish, the king of Gath, a city of the Philistines. While in the presence and company of Achish, David inquired to the king regarding a dwelling place. The Bible tells us in 1 Samuel 27 and 5, And David said unto Achish, If I have now found grace in thine eyes, let them give me a place in some town in the country, that I may dwell there. For why should thy servant dwell in the royal city with thee? Then Achish gave him Ziklag that day. Wherefore Ziklag pertaineth unto the kings of Judah unto this day. So for a time span of one year and four months, David and his families and the 600 men that were with him and their families dwelled together in the city of Ziklag. 
Ziklag is in the southern part of the country of Judah. Their tenure with Achish was one spent in bloodshed and one spent in war. The Bible tells us that they invaded the Geshurites, the Gezrites, and the Amalekites. In 1 Samuel 27 and 9, it reads, And David smote the land and left neither man nor woman alive and took away the sheep and the oxen and the asses and the camels and the apparel and returned and came to Achish. David, and I realize that when we think of David, that David was the king, but David had a life prior to kingship. David had a, a fairly lengthy life. He, he had a promise for many years, but David had a life prior to kingship, and that was one that was spent at war. It was one that was spent with much bloodshed. David has, he and his band of ruffians, they were expert, expert marksmen with the bow and the arrow. They were astute warriors that knew how to go out to battle and they could get the job done. When I think of David and his band from Ziklag, I often think of our Navy SEALs. Uh, they, we perceive them as the best that there is. They're put under the most stress. They're put under the greatest testing and if they make it, then they have the honor and distinction of being our military's finest. David was with his people. They would not do a halfway job. David would get the job done. If David had a task given to him by his king, he went out, he did it, and he came back, and he was always successful. They were able to get the job done. The time came as recorded in 1 Samuel 29 that the Philistines gathered together all their armies to Aphek, which included those from Gath who had been given refuge to David and his men. The princes of the Philistines, for obvious reasons, did not want David walking with them. They let Achish know that David would not walk or fight with them. No questions asked. King Saul had lost his anointing. David had an opportunity to seize him, but he would not because of the anointing he once had. God has now, in this time period in time, turned against Saul. And Israel is mourning the death of Samuel. Israel is in trouble for battle that is about to ensue upon them is very rough. And it leads up to the death of Saul and his son, Jonathan. As David and his men began to journey back to their dwelling place, to Ziklag, they began to see the smoke billowing up in the air as they get closer to their homestead. As they approached the home front, they could see clearly that every single solitary thing that they owned had been burned. Not a person was in sight. They didn't know what happened. They've been gone to battle. Perhaps their families are dead. Perhaps their wives and their children are dead. Everything they owned from the top of the tent post to the bottom rug that they wiped their sandals off as they went into the tent was gone. It was burned. It was trash heap. It was smoking up in the ash of the air. Everything was gone, Brother Terry. I'm trying this morning to paint you a very clear portrait of what has just happened. David is at war with 600 men. Their wives and their families are still left at Ziklag. David's out doing what he knows to do. He's doing what he thinks is right 
to do. He's living his life before Almighty God the way that he thinks he needs to do. David is anointed by God but his hour is not yet. David is walking steps that are ordered by God. David is in the middle of the night in warfare writing psalms. David is feeling the presence of a God that he's never met. And David's feeling like everything is alright because I'm about my God's business. But now David has come home and before he ever gets to the city he sees the billowing smoke and and then something, some nerves begin to tweak within him. As you can imagine it would be if you were driving to your home and you saw fire and you saw smoke. Something leaped within him of nervousness and and, and I can see them now. David and his band of ruffians, they're walking a little faster. They're, they're, they're smacking the horses on the hindquarter and saying, giddy up. Let's get home just a little bit faster. I, I might be tired from the battle. I might be wore out from the war. But there's something wrong up ahead and we need to get to our home. Now, David and his band of men approach the city And as we read in the word of the Lord this morning, they see that nothing is left. They've been doing everything right. Now I want that to sink in today. Because we have this idea that the only reason bad things happen to us is because we're outside the will of God. Ladies and gentlemen, God don't operate that way. Neither does life. You are going to at times do everything right. And there will be moments in life, help me Jesus, that something is not going to go right. That you're not going to get the answers you seek. You're not going to get everything your way. You're going to come to church and you're going to sing and you're going to shout and sickness will still consume your body. You're going to serve God to the best of your ability and there are going to be days that it seems like God is a million miles. Does anybody relate to this this morning? There are times in life that you will be victimized by the enemy. You will be victimized by life. But let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, we serve a God that is still able. Oh, hallelujah. Just because it's gone bad doesn't mean you're out of the will of God. I can tell you from my personal experience that there are many temptations that I have had in my mind that every time I've left a Wednesday night service dizzy that I wanted to wonder, God, what am I doing wrong? That every time I've got to hang on to the side of the wall just to get into the front door and crawl to the bedroom, I'm wondering, God, what have I done wrong? Ladies and gentlemen, it's not always that we've done something wrong. Sometimes the attack is that you've done something right. Let me tell somebody this morning that may be victimized by something in your life, just keep walking. Keep walking, keep shouting, keep worshiping, keep loving God. Woo! 
It's easy to give up when you think you're wrong. But what if you gave up and you were actually right? Hear me, David. What if your life has been turned upside down? Not because of what you've done wrong. Now, I realize. I realize that that happens. I'm not saying it doesn't, but that's not what I've come to preach about. Because today I want to focus on those of us that's living for God. That's actually doing it right. And how we feel when we get back to Ziklag and see nothing but smoke. It knocks the air out of you. Am I telling the truth this morning? It knocks the wind out of your sail. It takes your shout away. Yay, I'm feeling the Lord this morning. It takes something that you feel like you had tangibly in your hands and it just disappears. And then we're stuck watching the smoke, watching the memories of what we did have. Watching the memories of what yesterday was all about and understanding that I was about God's business and I was doing it right and why did this happen and I don't understand. You're not going to understand everything. There's going to be things that happen in life you're not going to understand. But hear the words of this preacher this morning. Don't you blame God. Don't you you stop loving God because something didn't work out right. Because everything is not going to go right. Great. Now it sounds like I'm really being negative this morning and I'm not trying to be, but life is life. And I would be an errant fool to tell you that just because you're serving God, everything's going to be great. As a matter of fact, I would in... I try to, I try to be a realistic preacher. You, I hope you know that. But I, I, would, I would feel like it would be appropriate bishop To say that when you start serving God, there are some things in your life that are going to get worse. But oh, he's faithful. Why do they get worse, Brother Mason? Because I just put a bullseye on my back that said I'm covered by the blood. And when you're covered by the blood, there's an enemy, there's an adversary, there's an enemy of the Philistines that wants to come and attack you. But oh, ladies and gentlemen, hear me. Ziklag may be in smoke, but my God is a victor. Everything's in smoke. This horrifying sight. This horrifying sight details life's not going to be normal for a while. Some of you have been there. It's not because your physical home is burned. But something in your life has been wrecked and destroyed. For some of you, it's your health. For some of you, it's your family. For some of you, it's your job. Because you've got to have an income in the society we live in. There are various things, and we could go through a list today. The Bible tells us that the Amalekites had come 
and destroyed Ziklag, taking the women captive. What David and his men don't know is that all of their families have just been taken captive. They're not dead. But they don't know that. As innocent bystanders reading, we have the opportunity to read verses down and see how the story is ending. Oh, well, they're just captive. David didn't know that. In the moment of the smoke, David didn't know his family was still alive. They didn't kill anyone. They just carried them away. So now, David and his men are subject to the imagination of their mind. Some of you have been there. I'm not talking simple worry. I'm talking, I don't know the facts. But I, in my mind, I'm going a thousand miles an hour creating every scenario that is possible to man. And generally, I'm not saying this critically or condemningly this morning, but generally, we do that before we say, I trust you. In our human nature, and if it makes you feel any better, I'll tell you, I've done it too. I'm not condemning anybody, but we generally go through all those scenarios in our imagination before we ever talk to God. Your imagination is a haven place for falsehood. Just because you think it, hear me now, doesn't mean that's the way it was. We do this in our relationships as well. Sister Angie Craig could leave right now and think that I was just talking about her. Because I look at her every little... I didn't say anything, Brother Terry. Nothing of substance, nothing of content, but our imagination goes wild. Well, they were looking at me. They must have been talking about me. You know what that is? That's imagination. You're being victimized by your imagination. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying everything that we're victimized by is not the devil. Yeah, I lost half of you on that one. There are times we are victimized in life by no one but ourselves, Because we assume and we imagine things that are not real. You know what you need to do if you think somebody has an alt against you? The very thing that most people don't have the guts to do and that's to go to them and ask. Instead, we often sow discord and tell somebody else they were talking about me and you've just stated as fact something that was imaginary. 
And then that person's reputation is victimized. It's a vicious circle. That person's reputation is victimized by what you just said falsely. Yeah, hey. So, David's own men, this band of expert marksmen, they're standing beside him in every battle. They, they, you know, they probably standing back to back. And, you know, you, you, you can just let your imagination run wild on how good these guys were and how, how expert they were at what they were doing. And now they come home and because everything has gone wrong, what do you think happens? They blame the leader. They willingly, hear this now. Ooh, Lord, this is good. They willingly went to battle. But now because they went to battle and they've lost their family, it's somebody else's fault. First Samuel 30 and verse 6 says, And David was greatly distressed for the people, that's his men, 600 of them, for the people spake of stoning him. Because the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and for his daughters. Let's stop right there. Before we go into the next statement, we need to understand that David is now, he's the 601st person. Their families are gone. He is one of 601. It's not very good odds. If they had wanted, aside from the fact that God was on his life, we understand that, but if they had wanted to have him, they could have had him. They turned on him. David has done what was right, and they turned on him. I hope you're seeing a pattern this morning. David has done what was right, and they turned on him. Hear me well this morning. You are going to make choices and decisions in your life that not everyone is going to like. Just because they don't like the decision doesn't make it wrong. Now on the flip side, just because you have a group of people that like your decisions doesn't make it right. I believe, Pastor, that we can, in some sense of the word, fabricate what we perceive to be God's will for our life. I can want it so bad, Brother Terry, that I feel him. Oh, I feel him. Listen, your will of God needs to be more than a feeling. You need to find the will of God for your life in His Word without feeling. And when you find the will of God in your life in His Word without feeling, then when you feel it, you know. The feeling is not the will. Amen. The feeling is not the will. So David encouraged himself in the Lord. We quote this often. 
Oh, but David encouraged himself in the Lord, and we make it sound so easy. But it's not that easy. It's not that easy when you've got people whispering, telling you what you need to do. You know, you, you just stay quiet long enough, somebody will tell you what to do. Right or wrong. And if you don't know if you should or not, you shouldn't. Safety 101. Maybe it's not wrong, but if you question it, you shouldn't do it. David encouraged himself. How, how could David encourage himself? I'll tell you how. And it's no secret. No deep revelation. David could encourage himself in the Lord because all this time, David has been faithful to God. The greatest difficulty you'll ever have encouraging yourself in your walk with God are in times of unfaithfulness. Do you realize this morning, saints of God, that you can be unfaithful to God and attend every church service? You can be unfaithful to God while sitting in church. As a matter of fact, to illustrate this, uh, I'll, I'll use the male gender just because I am one. Uh, men can be unfaithful to their wives without ever stepping outside of their house. But the Bible tells us that if a man looks upon a woman to lust after her, he hath committed adultery with her in his heart already. So in God's eyes, spiritually speaking, you have sinned just as great as the physical act without ever taking a step out your front door. So equally, we can be in God's house and we can equally be unfaithful to Him by being in His presence and choosing not to have relationship with Him. Because if I am avoiding Him, if I forsake Him, who, who am I cleaving to? It's somebody. It's something. Whatever stands... Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.